to The Bracket, a podcast where we talk about our favorite films and have them battle it out to see which one's going to reign supreme. Each episode, we have two films battle it out. We battle, we bicker, we battle Star Galactica. I set it out of line. We are your hosts, Rich and Francisco, and our tiebreaker, our producer who must not be named. 64 movies, only one winner. And on today's episode, we have Fight Club versus Split. We all agree that, that Fight Club's a favorite, right? It has my vote. Oh, no. I'm talking about before we watched it again. Before we re rewatched, I think I think the consensus in the room was that the Fight Club would win. I think so. Yeah. So that makes the first enter it from the blue corner. In the blue corner, weighing in at 116 minutes, starring James McAvoy, Anya Taylor Joy, and Betty Buckley, from director of The Sixth Sense, the director of Unbreakable. And that classic, After Earth, M. Night Shyamalan gives you Split. And in the red corner, weighing in at 139 minutes, starring Brad Pitt, Ed Norton, and Helena Bonham Carter, from director of Gone Girl, The Social Network, and that alien classic, Alien 3, we have Fight Club. Wait, he did Alien 3? Yeah, he did the alien movie that nobody likes. Oh. Because <laughs> they kill off the main character, or the girl, from the first, from the second movie. Um... I want to say boo, but it's it's called Newt. Yeah, they kill her off Newt in like the first half of that movie, and everybody like fell in love with Newt after Alien Two or Aliens. I didn't know he directed um, Social Network. No, Seven, Gone Girl. Yeah, Seven. I like that movie. I haven't watched that movie in a while. Well, first up for Split. Um, Where's the first time you saw it? At theaters. It's actually one of the movies that I actually decided to go and um, see it at a movie theater. I enjoyed it too. Were you excited for it? Yes. I think I had a different expectation of the movie than what I got. Um, mm-hmm. Just in the in the last twenty minutes of the movie. Got a little uh, crazy. Yeah, it just got it just got too different, you know. And I and I got a little turned off by that because uh, I was just expecting a story about. Um, someone with multiple personation disorder. A simple story. Yeah, and it just turned into this whole um, kind of super superhero. superhero. World. Yeah. Yeah, um, for sure. Not that I, not that I'm mad about it. It's just you know, it's not a, it's not what I was going for. Right on. How do you feel about it? I saw it in theaters too, but I'm a M Night Shyamalan apologist. I don't think any of his movies are as bad as people say that they are. I love them, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, I even like The Village and Lady in the Water. So like, I'm literally out on a boat by myself. <laughs> um, I know that everybody had a big old problem with the happening that he directed, but that was kind of a. Did you direct that? Yeah, that movie with Mark Wahlberg mm-hmm. and Zoe Deschanel. Yeah, that movie wasn't great, honestly. But for the most part, I, I think his writing, like he always tries to do something unexpected, mm-hmm. and I don't think it necessarily needs the twist every time but he always tries to break outside of like the normalcy mm-hmm. um which isn't really weird for him to go into the superhero genre because he already did it with unbreakable with bruce willis and they connected these two at the end mm-hmm. but they also did um lady in the water which was a little bit superhero-y as well um for different connections but i mean it's not it's not unfamiliar territory for him trying to make a weirdo universe that he's in mm-hmm. um I think my favorite thing from the movie, though, was, was James McAvoy's, like, change in characters. Yeah, yeah. Where it, randomly he would just literally split into a different personality. Those moments were so good because you just picture yourself being on set with somebody like that. Yeah, and, yeah, and exactly. And filming and all of a sudden just completely changed tone and, and character, literally. That was really, really cool when he was and doing that. It, it's what I, what I felt when, when I was watching the movie, it's how it's the same face, but you really feel like every person was uh, a different a different character, mm-hmm. you know, even though it was the same same actor, um, he killed every role, and I thought that was really um, really impressive for how many how many different characters he had to play. Mm-hmm. What was your uh, what was your favorite character that he played as? One of his voices, Hedwig. I like, yeah, I like the kid, what's the, what's the lady's name that tries to, like, take care remember. of him? I just like, it's like, it's on a, on a yeah. skirt and a, in a shirt, I don't know. Yeah, she's just trying to play, like, the calm mother figure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was creepy for me. She, uh, 
she. See what she wanted mm-hmm. there? Yeah. She did a yeah, really yeah, good yeah. job. Um, I thought his character of Hedwig was funny, but it was so weird that it completely took me out of the movie for a little while the first really? time watching it, especially mm-hmm. the scene up in Hedwig's room mm-hmm. where he's like, oh, you saw the window. You just tried to escape. Like, that shit was like, all right, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I get, I get like, the character. It just was so different from everything else. And then they explain it later on where they where uh, the teacher, uh, not the teacher, but the doctor, Betty Buckley, asks, um, when did your character grow? Or when was your character born? And basically, uh, not Kevin, but the, like, the asshole guy that he played. I can't remember his name right now either. But basically, he was born at, like, age three to make sure that everything was perfect. That's why he has the OCD. That's why anything goes dirty. Like, he freaks out. And, like, you see where the character was born from. Mm-hmm. Which is why, like Hedwig at age like eight or nine, makes sense because that's around the same time that Harry Potter would have been released for him, and he would have been really attached to that character as well. Um, there's just different age groups that I wish they would have actually showed more of the characters yeah. than just the basically three and a half that they showed for the first most of the movie. Yeah, me too. Because um, on the on the desktop, I had a list of all the characters he had, mm-hmm. and I I really wish they would explore a little more of that as well. Because yeah. there was twenty. Three characters or twenty-two characters with the beast, mm-hmm. one way or another, or, or was Beast twenty-fourth character? I think it's twenty-four. Yeah, yeah. Um, all those characters. I mean, they weren't gonna have it intense scenes, but it would have been interesting to see him drop into different characters even more than he already did. Not that playing four characters wasn't hard enough, yeah. but like he had the one character that was the super artsy one. He mm-hmm. had the other character who was the like Civil War nerd. Or maybe it was like a complete history buff kind of thing, but mm-hmm. um, they all had their different characters, which is really interesting. To if they would have dro- dropped into that more, explaining what when those characters were born, because I feel like that would have been really exciting to, to follow. Mm-hmm. You you know what's one scene that I really wanted wanted to see in the movie? It's when uh, Hedwig. Hedwig. Um, he's explaining how every character it's um goes becomes the personality because uh, they're sitting the in the they room. Call it, they call it getting the light. Yeah. Um, they're like sitting in a dark room or something with um, and they're just in chairs just yeah, waiting. waiting. And I just thought, imagine if you just had 23 chairs with 23 different... Um, That'd be cool. Yeah, and you, they're just, they're not moving, they're not looking at each other, they're just there waiting. Yeah, um, that would have be been cool. that would have been an awesome scene that I almost like of. Almost like Rey from Last Jedi where there's just all the different versions of herself. Kinda, I was just thinking... Just sitting in chairs just being creepy. I was thinking more like um, Stranger Things when, when it's just her and the... What is it called? The they're just in the dark room and you don't yeah. see anything. Kind of that style. It's it, it's, uh, it's a, like a form of meditation, but yeah, mm-hmm. I know what you mean. Yeah, so that would have been good. That would have been cool. I I loved the stuff with the teacher as well, the doctor. I can't. Mm-hmm. I don't know what her real character's name was, but where she's talking to everybody on like the big old projector and she's trying to explain how multiple personalities. Yeah can be like a way of accessing more of your brain mm-hmm. i thought that was really cool yeah that was really uh, um, interesting. and that's what interested a lot of people who watched the movie was just mm-hmm. like if they could in- examine that a little bit more i think everybody would have liked it yeah i think it was one thing that they like touched they like they flirted with the idea mm-hmm. and, ever, and never gave us more but i think that would have been a lot um her her explanation of trying to understand that it wasn't uh, the artsy one in charge when it went to the doctor's office mm-hmm. and when you see her start to connect the dots on that where she realizes it wasn't um, I can't remember that dude's name is either I want to say Bill but no. Dennis. Dennis correct no Dennis was the asshole Barry 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 was the artsy <laughs> one um, yeah so Dennis goes to the office but it was never Dennis I mean never Barry Barry god damn no wonder they didn't include more characters so it wasn't Barry right. there the whole time it was I actually noticed it the second time watching it through because as he walks into her office the first time, drops drops off the notes, he's all excited about it, but then he immediately starts walking around the room and just fixing books and cleaning up the mm-hmm. tables, and I was like, oh, bitch, he's, he's been doing this the whole time. Like, I didn't connect it the first time watching it that he was oh, always wow. in control. Yeah. Um, and then it got into the realm of how long it has Barry not been in control of, of the light, and they tried to explain it at the end of the movie, and it, I don't know if it's so much of a flaw, but it's just something that kind of annoys me is that I never understand why Hedwig can take the control and give it to whoever he wants, but nobody else in the room will stop giving the, the power to Hedwig. Is that, you know what I mean? Like, why is Hedwig one of the only personalities that can grab the light whenever he wants? Mm-hmm. But all the other characters can't do the same thing. It might be because it's such a different character. It's a, 
it's a little boy that doesn't know rules, so he just kind of wanders off and wandering off in the brain, kind of. Maybe you know. That's I, one way to explain I, I, I don't know. That's yeah. That's, that's one way to explain it. That's how I saw it when I was uh, when I saw the movie. It's just he's a, he's a, he's a little boy, and so you know what are little boys do? They wander off in their brain sometimes and think of other. That could be it. Uh, I don't know. That's 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 what I took about that. The only reason I the only reason I get confused about it is because there's supposed to be the twenty personalities that are that are calling the doctor at night to say, well, like Dennis is taking control. We're in trouble. We need help. Mm-hmm. And somebody, one of those twenty people, is giving the power to Hedwig. I was under the impression of that. So mm-hmm. Hedwig is receiving the power from somebody, but all twenty of them know that Hedwig's immediately going to give the power to Dennis and the old lady. Mm-hmm. Why is the twenty other ones not connecting the dots to not give Hedwig control anymore and just keep him out of the light completely? Because mm-hmm. you see it when spoilers at the end of the movie when Kevin finally comes back into the real world because she says the Kevin Wendell Crumb line. Um, you see that Kevin's having this battle where he hasn't been in control in years, but then you see all the voices that that took control right after that. Mm-hmm. So it was the nerdy guy, it was Barry, and then all of a sudden Hedwig takes control. And once Hedwig takes control, you know that they're going to give it the power to Dennis mm-hmm. or to the lady. You following? Yeah, no, I do. We're going on a you know mm-hmm. crazy rant, but if if they know that Hedwig's going to give the power away, why did they just keep the power away from Hedwig? Is semi what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because I think if if they all knew that, it could have been another way. There, there's a better way to me of one of the voices taking control. Mm-hmm. But overall, I thought all the voices were really cool. Even Dennis's voice, like being the asshole guy, mm-hmm. um, he had a very specific purpose in keeping Kevin safe. And you almost kind of sympathize with, with Dennis's mind during that fight because if he doesn't have the OCD, he was literally beat by his mother. So... Like, you definitely understand where his character is coming from. Right. How did you feel about the rest of the actors? Like, the... The, the girls? The, yeah. Anya Taylor-Joy is great. She was in um, The Witch mm-hmm. as, like, the girl who ends up, you know, going crazy. But she was actually really believable in this role for some reason. I don't know what it is about her. Like, she just gets deep and dark into her characters. Um, almost to the point where you're not rooting for her in other movies. Mm-hmm. But she's very... She was very well done. I thought the two other girls were... Just cannon fodder there, yeah, there to you yeah, know, be eaten very literally. Very forgettable characters. Um, especially the one uh, girl, uh, the the one who stays in the room with her, Marsha, I think her name is. Like she literally is so codependent. So anytime anybody's around, she's like, "What do you think we should do? Mm-hmm. I don't know what we should do. I can't make a decision for myself. Right. Somebody decide so for you me." Instantly, know she's about to die. Yeah, you're like, "Oh, you're the one who sucks. <laughs> cool." And then the other friend is is you know high school bitch, but I mean there was no character depth there. There's literally, like, anything you would expect them to say, they're like, yeah, I took Taekwondo for six weeks. Like, yeah, bitch, he's 200 pounds. Get out of here. Yeah. But, I mean, otherwise, the characters were fine. I mean, the back back characters. I thought the Doctor was the was my, my most interested character because she just, I wanted her to do more than she did. At the end of the movie, she just be, ended up being, like, the protector of the kids and didn't actually make a difference. Did she, uh, spoilers, did she die? Yeah, she um, she suspected that, that Dennis was in control mm-hmm. and had the, the girls kidnapped, I think, because she knew, she you saw her watching the news when the girls went kidnapping, and then that night is when the email started from, from the rest of the mind. Mm-hmm. So she was suspecting that Dennis was doing something, so she puts like the little uh, handkerchief inside the door, mm-hmm. and once she does that, she goes out to help the girls, he rips her back in there and uh, turns into the beast and kills her. Mm-hmm. Okay. I just remember like the, the back thing. Yeah, yeah, that she she died, but that was the beast. Can you can you die from from her back breaking? Yeah, absolutely. Just fine. And not only that, he was so strong he probably crushed her lungs. Okay. So, if it wasn't one way, it was the other. Right. I I was kind of turned off by the beast as well though at yeah. first. Um, I think my my main reason why was because they didn't establish that they were in a superhero universe at that time. Like, I can, I can get behind the idea that a mother in, in distress can lift a car to save mm-hmm. her kids, but I can't get into that mindset where it's on, on, like, the snap of your fingers you can turn that kind of power on. And that's where it got a little weird. So mm-hmm. under a full adrenaline rush, I understand. And they kind of explained it by everybody's character being able to do something different, but they never established that weird stuff was happening. They just established, you know, funny things are happening, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, it does. I... So it was a little bit of a weird moment. Yeah, I I don't know. I I I think I was also not with the the way they decided to go with the end of the movie just because I I've never seen 
the what they're Unbreakable. Yeah, yeah. I've never seen the that movie. Bruce Willis movie. So like I was like, oh cool, Bruce Willis. What the fuck is he doing here? Yeah. You know? So I didn't know what he was doing there too, and I've seen Unbreakable a few times. Oh, did you? Like I oh yeah, I love Unbreakable. I love M I Shyamalan. So mm-hmm. like I said, it's not really about that. But the ending of, of the only thing that I knew what it was compared to was he says Mr. Glass, and that's when I was like, Oh, he's the character from Unbreakable. If it they didn't mention that, I was like, so he's playing a random guy in the universe mm-hmm. like I didn't make the connection at all until they said Mr. Glass okay yeah no, I didn't even get that the Mr. And, Glass thing well the thing with that is is in Unbreakable it's a superhero universe mm-hmm. so Bruce Willis is like impossibly strong and Mr. Glass is played by Samuel Jackson and he's literally breaks his arms like crossing the street like he can't do anything mm, okay so Mr. Glass gets really into comic books mm-hmm. and basically thinks if there's a version of me where I'm super brittle there has to be a version out there that's super strong mm-hmm so that's where he finds Bruce Willis. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So that's what brings it into the, the new universe where they're going to call it Mr. Or they're going to call it the new movie Glass. And they're mm-hmm. going to connect everybody, I guess. Okay. Um, I kind of hope Anya Taylor-Joy stays out of it. Just because she had such a weird storyline, it would be kind of, I don't know, it would be kind of forcing it to put her in this movie. But ideally, uh, James McAvoy's characters and Samuel Jackson's character, Mr. Glass, get involved somehow. And Samuel Jackson will use... Dennis and the Beast in order to try to take out Bruce Willis's character. Mm-hmm. So, could be interesting. I don't. I just don't know how I feel about a superhero universe that's not really explainable. Has it been confirmed? Yeah. The, yeah. I don't know when it starts filming, but I know Glass is is, a, is in the works. Okay. Any other of your least favorite moments? Do you want to throw out of the way, or any memorable moments you really liked? Um. I know me and you had a brief uh, conversation about the, the flashbacks that the girl had. Oh, my God. How, uh, how unnecessary they were. They were necessary, um, but they just sucked. Yeah, they were. Well, <laughs> I don't know. It's just, in my point of view, they could have gone another route for, for by the way the, the movie ended. You know, The only thing that they needed to establish was that she was damaged. Mm-hmm. But then M. Night Shyamalan takes it up a notch and shows you her character development where she freezes when she gets scared. So that's where the moment at the end of the movie pays off because you see her freeze when the when her uncle does creepy shit, mm-hmm. and you see her freeze when she has the moment to pull the trigger. But for the most part, she needed that moment so that at the end of the movie she can overcome that and shoot the beast because mm-hmm. she was not gonna fail again. Was basically like the, the what I got out of it. Um, unfortunately, she's fighting a superhero, so it's tough to beat that right. fight with a shotgun. But the the cringiest moment by far is like the uncle by the rock like that just yeah. it takes the cake and yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's you knew that something was weird already mm-hmm. maybe not that weird but you knew something was going to be explained in this thing i thought it was always going to be her dad was going to get killed out in the woods like mm-hmm. by accident or something and that was going to be the the reason she was a shut-in it totally pays off and explains itself but it just like the visuals that they showed were were so yeah subconscious and unnecessary but they felt so real it wasn't like he took her aside and like was really rough with her, but just like the the mental state of her to just like get into that situation mm-hmm. is super super dark, and that's like for me having a daughter at the exact same age when I watched that movie, that movie that move pissed me off. Because mm-hmm. then at the end of the movie, like I really was still mad about the little girl not pulling the trigger on her uncle. Right. I was like, uh, like audibly upset in the theater. I would say, just like, why, right. why show that moment and then not have it like immediately pay off because then you know she goes through you know 15 more years of struggle mm-hmm. before she can you know get out of the situation it's just such a sick thing to use and i just never liked the the father figure being a rapist to be the motivational in a scary movie because it just tried that as well um where the girl was being you know messed up by her dad and it's not just those movies. A lot of movies use that as like a, I'm not going to take this shit anymore move. And there's just easier ways to pull it off without, you know, showing a little kid in pain. Mm-hmm. I was, I was going to bring another, another scene that I didn't like. But now that you explained the whole freezing thing, I think it makes a little more sense. And it's the, the scene when they're in the car. And she has right. all the opportunity to leave. Yeah, that's a freeze. And she fucking doesn't. Yeah. And now it makes sense why she did Yeah, I noticed that the second time watching. Uh, I was like, this makes 100% okay. sense. Because you, you see her. It yeah. Was, it wasn't no, until she, has... she slowly opens the door where he looks over. I would have. I would have. So I was even wondering if he didn't even know she was there. Because he's so zoned into getting those two girls in the back seat. I don't know if he was ever paying attention for everybody else being in the car. Because Dennis was literally in laser vision until the door opened. 
Well, she uh, was right next to him. Yeah, like... But he doesn't look at her, I don't think. I'd have to see it again, but in my head, he doesn't even notice her. Final I think, thoughts, though? I think... I'm, I'm going to just piggyback a little bit over that. I think he did know her, but I, in his mind, he knew that, like you said, she was broken. Mm-mm. So, you don't think that? Not yet, because he didn't even know until the end of the movie where you see the scars. But she's so way, different from... a lot of fucking scars. But yeah. She, but she was so different from... Um, from the other two. From the other two girls. So it's something, you know, you right away light, you there, saw. But there's a there's an energy on everybody, I, I believe. Like, literal energy. If somebody wants to be talked to, they're going to have that energy out there. Mm-hmm. Then if somebody who doesn't want to be bothered, they're going to close their arms yeah, off. Yeah, and, and how and many not. people of those do you see compared to people that are just approachable? Right, so know? the other two girls would be the approachable, mm-hmm. like, the energy. And then, the, and then Anya Taylor-Joy's character is the one that's literally shut off, mm-hmm. doesn't have any emotions showing. So uh, what was your what was your initial rating for it? For split when you saw it in theaters, I'm going eight point two. That's actually pretty strong. I didn't think you go. I like I like the movie. I like it a lot. It's just like I said, the 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 ending of the ending is just. I'd say the ending got a lot of people excited. It didn't really do a difference for me. It just kind of explained why he was so different from mm-hmm. the rest of the universe. I yeah, in my mind, if if I would have probably seen what is it called again? Uh, Unbreakable. 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 Did you never see it? I've never seen it. No. Okay. Um, maybe I would have given a, a higher rating because I would have connected another movie or an Easter egg because I'm, I'm big on Easter eggs and stuff like that. So maybe because I didn't catch it, I'm kind of mad about it. Yeah, I can see that. I don't know. It wasn't... It's one of those... It's kind of like Hancock and Man of Steel where I was saying that it's, a, it's a, an alien movie on Earth mm-hmm. about trying to find himself because Bruce Willis knows he's special but he's hiding that he's special from people because he doesn't want the attention. So it's it's kind of in that same, like, I'm a superhero, but I don't want to be mm-hmm. moment. Um, my original rating for Split was 7.7. I don't know if it just grew on me with time, but, like, the characters of, of James McAvoy were really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my, my rating now is much, much higher, but we'll get into that after. What's your thoughts on uh, Fight Club? When's the first time you saw it, actually? The first time I saw it, it was on my way back from... Grad, grad night, um, high school. I was really tired, and uh, they rented a bus with with nice little TVs for us to see. But um, they showed Fight Club. They showed on Fight Club trip? on yeah. That's it was, aggressive. Yeah, well, it was what senior year. A lot of people are eighteen by then. Yeah. Um, so I saw the movie. It was choppy. Like I said, it was tired. It was like two two in the That's two a in the morning. Watch this movie the first. Yeah. Time. So like I was super turned off by this movie. Um, a couple years later, I saw it again, and I and I really liked it. And then, I want to say, like two years ago, maybe three, I saw it like fully. Like yeah, like I had time to just just watch Focus. it, and I knew what was going on. I knew the what um you know the end of the movie. Right. So like I I was able to pick up all the little clues that they did. Um, and that's when I was like, this movie's fucking great. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of that movie that's that you don't catch the first couple times. Mm-hmm. Um, first time I saw this movie, I was maybe 13 years old. Oh wow! My sister and my brother-in-law were babysitting us, and my mom and dad were on a trip. So it was my older sister's time to give us a whole array of movies we shouldn't be watching. So we watched uh, the Japanese <laughs> version of Ring, Fight Club, American History X, and From Dusk Till Dawn. So, like, just a bunch of movies a 13-year-old shouldn't be watching. My little brother was watching, too, and, he's a, and he was two years younger than me. So, we were, like, thrown into a world of Fight Club and American History X and not knowing what the fucking movies were even about. And just seeing, like, incredible acting out of Ed Norton mm-hmm. and a lot of really shocking moments. So, it was a while ago. I barely remember watching it the first time. I just <laughs> remember being told, like, you're supposed to be excited for this movie. You're supposed to let it hype you up. And I was mm-hmm. just like, this is fucking scary and weird. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't understand. Like, I want to get it that Ed Norton's, like, wants to be tough. But that was, like, the only thing I got from the first time watching it. So, like, my initial review for Fight Club was like, oh, I guess it was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Again, though, same as you. Like, you can't get the whole vibe unless you really sit through it. Yeah. And it's, and it's one of those movies where, like, they want you to rewatch it. Um, cause like they throw so many breadcrumbs mm-hmm. for you. Um, do you know how many times you see the cigarette burn of Tyler? No. You know, like when he says like, when he's in the movie theater job and he, and he points up at the wall and he goes, that's a cigarette. Oh burn. yeah. yeah, yeah. Have you seen Fight Club yet? Yeah, I did. I okay. It a week ago. Okay. So my first time. 
Alright, so he's in the movie theater, his job is to cut the theater the theater lines together, mm-hmm. and, yeah, yeah. and he inserts like the porno scenes, but he says that, that whenever that happens, there has to be a track for it, and that's where the cigarette burn comes from. But oh. you see Tyler Durden as a cigarette burn multiple yeah. times. Yeah, yeah, uh, in okay. the beginning. You know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you see him, when he's talking to Marla on the street, you see mm-hmm. him pop up for a second, mm-hmm. and then you see him... Uh, I want to say in the airport, but he literally says, oh no, it's in his office. He's like at his job and he goes, you don't know when you're awake, you don't mm-hmm. know when you're sleeping, and then it shows Tyler Durden come up and down again. Yeah. Um, I know there's at least two, but then he actually literally coasts by him in the airport in another scene, mm-hmm. saying that if you could wake up, if you can fall asleep not knowing who you are, could you wake up as a different person, I believe the line was. I don't know exactly yeah, how it A is, lot but. of things that just hit you on the head, like the second time you Oh my God, it. they're so obvious with it. They want you to know. Mm-hmm. That's why I yeah. wish I would have seen this movie as an adult. But it's kind of like, again, Star Wars, it's kind of like Vader knowing he's the father because mm-hmm. it's on everything. Yeah. Everybody who knows about Fight Club knows that Tyler Durden is at Norton's character. Like, they know what the twist ending is before they even watch it. Mm-hmm. I just wish it was one of those movies that could have been kept secret to me. Yeah. That way, like, I could have watched it through the first time and really tried to connect dots instead of being like, oh, I knew that was coming. Like, seeing it as a 13-year-old, you're not really trying to connect dots yet. You're just, you know, being a 13. Mm-hmm. Um, overall thoughts, though? What was your... Um, those like some of your favorite moments from Fight Club. Um, I had a, I had a couple actually, a lot, um, and it's just like the mentality of basically Tyler um, to himself, because there's times where you're you probably know, gonna have to use the characters, the actors' names when you're talking about the characters. Well, it's it's a conversation between both. That's why I say between Tyler's. But that's what I mean. You should probably say mm-hmm. Brad Pitt and, and Ed Norton mm-hmm. because they're both playing Tyler. So you can say this Tyler said that, and I get off. right. Okay. Um, you know when Brad Pitt's asking him, "Do you know what a what is a duvet is?" Um, and it's just a blanket, right? And it, he's like, he's telling him how we don't have to hunt anymore, right? And you we know we we just consumers. become consumers. And at that point, I was. I was thinking about how, how much product placement that movie had. It's everywhere. And, everywhere. and then I was like, okay, well then, this is the way they're, you know, talking about it. It's right. all the product placement, but then it's basically hitting you in the head that that's all we do now. We just, you know, we don't we don't gather, we don't hunt. We're all we how do about, is buy. How about the bus scene? The fucking advertising for Calvin Klein? It's Brad, it's Brad Pitt sitting there, literally like one of the best looking dudes in Hollywood, and, and looks over at the Calvin Klein sign, I think Ed Norton goes, is that what a real man's supposed to look like? Right. And he's like, <laughs> but bitch, take off your shirt. You are a Calvin Klein ad. Get the fuck out of here. Right, right. Like, I guess it was more for the the, the mindset of Ed Norton saying mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Like, is that what it's supposed to look like? But his impersonation of what the best looking dude is, is literally that. And uh, So uh, he's already being warped by, like, the ads, and he doesn't even know it. Yeah. Um, and it's, he he's also a... Um, not Brad Pitt, but Ed Norton. Ed Norton. He's his character. It's a he's a broken character. You know, he's he's, he's, an, yeah. he's on the same cycle of life. Mm-hmm. And I, I think um, we should really talk about this because I don't know if a lot of people catch on to that. That it's it's their you know it's their you do the same thing every day. You wake up, you go to work, mm-hmm. you you know you have a bad day at work. Fucking you, you go to sleep, you do the same thing in, in um in the day they, and then you stuck for years they definitely like, make that a point in the movie though yeah of the grind of being like a normal person mm-hmm. and trying to re- Im- improve your condo with fucking yin yang tables and and all the sorts of fancy stuff and he goes i bought that couch so i never mm-hmm. have to buy another couch the rest of my life and but people have that mindset though like when you go out shopping for something i know that like we're still young so we don't have super fancy stuff mm-hmm. but like when you buy a super sick uh computer you think that's the last computer you're gonna need for a long time i don't i don't know the way because, like I said, knowing what was going on with this movie, something that I, I, I figured out about when he's talking about, oh, my whole, my whole house burned down, it's that he took his, his stuff as his personality because he didn't really have one. Right. You know, he so like, it, yeah, it's like, oh, this is, you know, this is me. Like, everything is me. And I was almost there to, to like, become me. Because, like, in his mind, everything that he owns, it's, it's what makes him him. Yeah. You know, instead of just... Just being a, a regular yeah. human being. So I thought that that also, um, and that's what Brad Pitt's character does. He fucking, he slashes all that, he burns it all down, and he's like, no, bitch, I'm taking over, and I'm the real personality. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's what I really took about all the, all the, 
Oh, the consumer and uh, yeah, and, the, the consumer and, message to me comes off as just it's it's telling dudes that they need to man up. Yeah, like stop being yeah, yeah, told yeah. how to live. Stop letting the the commercials and the and the TV shows tell you how the perfect life is. Not only that, but also the quote unquote the man, yeah. uh, because you know you, he's like a, his boss. Oh, do you, do you have my reports ready? You mm. know, you like he's always literally like, the man. Yeah, and like what does he what does he do about it? He goes to a he goes to this session where everybody there is is a character that you know that had. Uh, genital cancer. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, like you know, so they they all had their balls chopped off, and now like in his mind, that's how he feels about life. Yes. You know, you know, like Bob with bitch tits. Yeah, like like in his mind, it's like that's how I feel about life. I feel castrated by life, and I think that's yeah. why he feels so much comfort going there. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, the the classes are definitely a connection he's trying to make. He feels super damaged, mm -hmm. but they never explain why he's super damaged. So that kind of annoys me. I think he's just playing like the metaphor of a shitty life. Because he's never, like, again, going into the the, the split. Like, mm -hmm. it shows why Anya Taylor-Joy's character is so dis so destroyed mentally. It never shows why Ed Norton's so destroyed mentally. He just it, is it on the grind. Like, he, he's, he's, in my eyes, like, he's he's stressed by work. He hasn't slept properly right. in a while. Right, so the insomnia thing. You know, exactly. So, I think that's that's why, um... But that insomnia thing doesn't come naturally. That's That's the reaction of something else happening. So the cause is that he's on the grind, that he's that he's not like living the life he wants to live. So that's why he can't sleep, and that's why this other personality is coming. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what he's I'm trying to break about. free. Yeah, yeah, I but, agree. But it, I mean, the grind, I guess, is is fair, but it's not going anywhere. So it's kind of like a shitty way of of saying like, hey, life sucks, but Another you still have to keep grinding unless you're gonna start a fight club. Right, right. Another example where, where I thought um like it really shows you like what he's thinking is when he's in the church. And um and like that crazy lady is like picture your spirit animal and he like oh, walks yeah. and he like walks into a cave and like what he sees is a penguin yeah and like I was like I was like why a penguin why a penguin and it's like okay well he has this great job so what does a penguin have like a suit but like what can a penguin not do and he can't fly you know so it's like okay Jesus he feels Christ, he feels indeed. like a flight yeah it feels like he feels like a flightless bird damn that's deep. you know so like I was like okay like this, this is really hitting you in the head that. This guy is it's it's torn in the inside. Side note, high one. Okay, that's pretty good because penguins also do the take care of the baby. Yeah, exactly. I that was another point that I forgot. It was that they they, they kind of change sex because they have to like do all the the raising of the kids and stuff like that. That's a deep point. Yeah. So no, this this movie goes hard. I told you I was yeah. really interested when uh when Fight Club was gonna be uh matching up. Yeah, that's a, that's a super good point. There's a lot of metaphors that you can miss in this movie, for sure. I've only maybe seen it 15 times. Mm -hmm. So, it's one of the lower <laughs> watch movies. And I think it's something I, I wanted to get to with both of these. Is I don't like either of these movies. Really? <laughs> what? These are like my favorite type of movies, bro. Right. And what I mean by that is, it's the same way as like an Oscar movie. Like The Room is. Not The Room. Room. But basically, <laughs> it's it's one of those fantastic stories that'll gut you immensely emotionally mm -hmm. but like i don't like re-watching those movies because like you don't want to get down to that dark place because there's some really dark moments in in fight club yeah where i just like god this sucks and then i also got thinking the other movie that i had to watch with my sister was american history x that movie's so great that movie it's fantastic but it's gutting emotionally mm -hmm. like you watch that movie and you just feel like shit for humanity so the same way i feel like fight club is like everybody's on this grind anybody watching this movie pictures Tyler Durden as the perfect dude. Mm -hmm. But they also are in that grind of real life working and, and populating their apartment with bullshit. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really, really shitty, but like it shows you what not to do, I guess. Right. That's the best emotional jump I can get <laughs> out of it, though. Like, literally, they're just not fun to watch. They're great movies, so your, your mind is, like, blowing up. Right. Like, going off. But mm -hmm. your, like, emotional state, your energy level comes down watching these movies. I'd say. Unless you're going to go start a fight club. Should we start a fight club? We're almost there, bro. We're almost We're there. It's we three dudes. Warehouse. Yeah, it's three. Fight, yeah. fight club the podcast? Fight club the podcast. Just put a microphone in a room while people fight. Or fake fight, one way or another. Just a lot of... How many, <laughs> how many episodes do you think we would go before like we have cops at my door? They don't know where you live. <laughs> I mean... So if I you know. had a podcast about Fight Club and all you hear is people beating each other, 
I think it would pick up pretty quick. I, but why, why aren't we just doing that? <laughs> He's going to get us kicked off the internet. <laughs> so, cool note, at my, uh, at my high school graduation, there was this uh, chick who won valedictorian, so she got to do the speech. Mm -hmm. Her speech for valedictorian was Tyler Durden's uh, message at the beginning of the, one of the fights inside the den where he's inside like the, the strip club basement and the guy's about to come down and, and fight Tyler Durden, basically. Mm -hmm. the, the quote, he goes, I see all this potential. I see it all squandered. God damn it, an entire generation of pumping gas, waiting tables, slaves with white collars. Advertising has, cha has us chasing cars and clothes, working jobs we hate so we can buy shit we don't need. Basically, that whole quote goes on for like five minutes, but that's what my valedictorian says to all of us with all of the fucking parents there, all the teachers just fucking laying it down I, I hard. Love, I love your school. Dude, yeah, it was yeah. so cool. Like, I, I noticed like one teacher and one other student catch what she was doing, but I was just like, it's, it's for Fight Club! <laughs> like, literally, no one... It's so like, good. Like that meme from uh, uh, Tom Holland. It's Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen it? Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. So it's, it always, like, to that, I always want to find that chicken, give her a high five after that, because it was so good. Um, what's your biggest takeaways from Fight Club? Negatives. Something negative. I kind of already hit mine, but you're good. I don't know, dude. You don't have any negatives about Fight Club? I didn't like that he shot himself in the mouth and still survived. Fair. That was so dumb. Super fair point. The only logic behind it is that he has to kill himself. Uh, mentally to let that thing go yeah but still like, he has to be willing to die basically because he's then, in the car with but by the way he, that car scene so great how did i miss that right, fuck but just so we're saying the car scene ed norton isn't driving he's in the passenger seat brad pitt's driving there's two dudes in the back seat who are listening to this crazy fuck argue with himself mm -hmm. and then yelling at each other and literally well they're takes all his crazy basically because mm -hmm. they're no they're just manipulatable well you, very I'm, thin line. I'm manipulatable. Okay, like, very like, thin line between being crazy and being manipulatable. No, but being crazy is starting a fight club. Being manipulatable is joining. But you still gotta be crazy to join. I don't think so. I think there's a lot of dudes who want to join a fight club if, if the opportunity presented itself. It's why dudes join gyms to get beat up. Twice a week? Yeah, that's how often I go. So if you would believe and you that somebody kicked the teeth out of you... That Once was, a week, that would was you the keep going? Because that only happened that one time. No, but on like show. you saw how like how graphic the fights were. If right, you were but in only that one dude got his teeth knocked okay. out, and that Let's... was from Ed Norton. So that was the exception to the rule, because nobody was going to stop Tyler Durden from beating somebody up. Okay, but regardless. By the way, Jared Leto getting fucked say, up. I was going to bring up Jared Leto. That dude got. He got. He got. Fucking... He got pieced up. So good. He got gums now. Yeah, still winning Oscars though. Speaking of Oscars, Ed Norton actually thanks the Academy in one scene. I think I, don't, I think I remember what scene you're talking about. He's, I think he was arguing with his boss. When he beats himself up? Yeah. No, it wasn't when he beat himself up. It was when um, it was when the boss comes up to him with the, with the rules of Fight Club. Uh -huh. And he goes, was this you? Are you printing shit out on, on like company I time? I love that And scene, he goes, dude. how about if somebody comes in here with a gun and scares everybody away and, and this whole thing starts because you fucking nosed your business into mine. Right. And then he goes, I'd like to thank the Academy. <laughs> Super well done. This movie should have gotten more Academy love. But yeah. It's, no, but it's... it is the ultimate cult classic. Like, anybody who talks about Fight Club, you have to watch it right now. Mm -hmm. How many times before, you know, two weeks ago did people tell you you have to watch Fight Club? A lot. Yeah. Okay, I really want to know... It's your first time watching it, right? Yeah, it was my first time watching it. How did you feel about it? Because, like, like, both of us saw it very young. And, yeah. like, but you, adult, you know, with... With decisions. <laughs> How did you feel it, about the movie? It definitely felt over... Like, when I watched it, I felt like it was overhyped. Uh -huh. For sure. It was very overhyped, and I just, like, the whole time I was just like, I need, I want this movie to be over. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. And there was, there was some scenes where I was like, this is pretty cool, but then a lot of it was just like, this is super depressing, because it's super accurate mm -hmm. about everyone's life. And then, um, I think I, I decided to start looking up YouTube videos to see, like, oh, what did I miss? I did, I did catch one of those cigarette burns when... Um, what's her name? Marsh. Helena Bottom Carter. Yeah. Or her name was um, Marla Singer. Marla. Yeah. When she's walking away, Edward Nor Norton's character looks at her, and I just saw mm -hmm. him pop up, mm -hmm. and I was like, "What the fuck was that?" Yeah. 
Um, and then, so I went on YouTube and I looked at a bunch of other stuff, like theories and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And it was explaining all the stuff that was happening. And I was like, holy shit, this is actually, I'm going to have to see it again to, to catch everything. Because I already knew the, uh, like I knew the twist, the plot twist. Yeah. I knew the plot twist, but like all the little hidden gems. Mm -hmm. Which are the, like you like, said, gems. Yeah, yeah, they're literal gems. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. I always get. I appreciate it because it's, it's actually a really well structured and. All those Easter eggs, like you were saying. What's yeah. fucked up is the movie movie job that he does, because I go to the movies uh, a lot, not as much as Jose does, or our other friend, the producer. But mm -hmm. basically, some people go to the movies a lot, mm -hmm. and I see like the the little like switches in time, mm -hmm. and I just picture like Brad Pitt's character up there fucking with with the computer screen, and you know. Right. What a nightmare that would be to, to be watching like Coco in theaters and just have a random sex scene come up when you're watching with grandma. Right. <laughs> Remember me. Oh. <laughs> uh, I don't want to remember this, grandma. Let's keep it moving. Did you notice at the very end of the movie, they flashed it? Yeah. Like right when the credits hit? Yeah. I Did they? Yeah, no, they're, I, they're, they're I, I never, never so keep on credits. Once the buildings are falling down. Like it's about to go to. It's about to say like director, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it just literally flashes a dick really quick, and then the movie ends. What? Yeah. The bigger fan of the movie too. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't see that. Watch it again for the dick. For the dick. Yeah. yeah. For the dick. Okay. I love the. Uh, I, we're we're spending way too long on this movie, but I love the scene in the in the airplane where he goes, "Why do you think they drop oxygen masks in these in these planes?" Right. It was oxygen gets you high. Such a good line. Yeah, I I, I did like his line when he said. Um, when they're so on the like, plane together? No, it was just like uh, safety. Uh, oh, oh, safety. the illusion of safety. The illusion of safety. Yeah. Which made me not want to get on a plane anymore. Oh, 100% <laughs> illusion okay. of safety. Yeah. I also love the line where he goes, yeah, single-serving friends. You're the best single-serving friend I've ever had. And he goes, it's because we're on a plane. He goes, oh, I know. How's that working out for you? Goes, what? Being clever. <laughs> Super well done. I love that. I love their first interaction together. Yeah. Um... How about their first fight when they're outside the bar and he goes, punch me in the face as hard as you can. He goes, or no, he goes, punch me as hard as you can. He goes, where? Surprise me. <laughs> Super well done. You guys, you guys know about the little, that, that was an actual punch? Yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah. punched me in the fucking ear. Yeah. No, I, I, I did hear that. Um, David Fincher told Ed, Edward Orton to actually punch Brad, uh, Brad Pitt in the face, in the, in the ear. <laughs> Oh, I don't know about like telling him to in the ear. I just heard it was just a, he got, it was an actual punch. I, I don't think he told him to do it actually in the ear. He mm. just, Edward Orton just missed and actually hit him in the ear. And then Brad Pitt just reacted accordingly. So it's pretty great. great. I think I have my favorite metaphor for the, for Fight Club. The movie is literally a car crash, but you just can't look away. It's pretty good. You can't. Depressing. Depressing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, you know. All right. So, what's your, uh, what's your, upon further rewatching, what's mm -hmm. your review for uh, for both Split and for Fight Club, or do you want to wait till after we decide? What's my review? Like, what's your score? Well, I gave you, you, you give an eight point two for the first time you watched Split. Oh. But we just watched it again for the review. Okay. My number usually goes up upon further review. For Some Split. Movies. Yeah, Split first. Original review was eight point two. Do you like it less or more? I'm giving it an eight. It's fair. You? I think 8.3, 8.4, somewhere in that range. So you like B minus. it? You like I like it, it much better. I Like I said, I was so sick to my stomach leaving Split the first time because mm -hmm. of the scene with the girl. Mm -hmm. Like it just didn't, it just, it was at the wrong time of my life to watch that, honestly. Mm -hmm. um, having, you know, daughter the exact same age, not a good mm -hmm. connection. Right. <laughs> just, you I'm like, don't oh, trust who's, anybody who's babysitting now? my kid right now? Right, That's exactly. exactly. What so that was that was the big takeaway so it was just so emotionally shocking but mm -hmm. overall i love the movie it's just tough to watch yeah then uh your first time watching fight club what you got dude i'll probably give it a four the first time well yeah i guess i see what you mean i'm not i'm, I'm with you on that yeah so four the first time right now Rewatching. probably like a. if it's gonna if he i'll say this if he didn't get shot in the mouth and not die i would give this a a movie of 10. you don't know he doesn't die well, he, he literally just he, talks for like t 10 seconds afterwards. It was more than 10 seconds, but I see what you mean. 
If he would have died when he shot himself in the face, I would have given this movie a 10. That's aggressive. And, <laughs> but because it didn't, I'm giving it a, a 9.4. Getting shot in the face takes away 0.6. Yes. Um, we should have like a big celebration for a movie that's just like a perfect 10. Ooh. Right? I don't have any. I'll never have a perfect okay, 10. Okay, I'll, I'll make one 10 just to fucking do it. <laughs> well, no, because every single movie you can pick out one moment that you would rather not even remove, but... Who but are you, CinemaSins? I'm just kidding. It's I don't know who that is. Oh, you don't know who CinemaSins No. They basically, like, go through every movie and see, like, like the bad things about a... Is like that a, the one, like, 150 things wrong with this movie in 10 minutes? Kinda. Yeah, is it best? is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, those are super annoying. What? I hate that kind of negativity where, like, you're not even bringing any pro- positivity to it. My thing with movies, if I'm going to make it better, I'm not just going to take one thing away and call it better. I'm going to take it away I and I think you're it. missing the point. Well, well, there's a second. But you're just being negative. Like, one way or another, there's a hundred videos no, that are being negative. No, but basically, that's a part of the movie, yeah, critiquing it, but the big point, it's like, like, if you're going to make a movie, you're going to make it quality, and there's a, there's a couple shots... Where like you know like oh like they were they're, they're talking here and it's day and they're talking this next scene they're still talking about the same thing and the, it's night and like it points out things that you missed you know like Just a like lot like of continuity yeah um, there's also a second channel called everything great about that's what they movie. need to do so they have a, everything bad about oh I didn't know they had one they need those I'm gonna have reviews. to check it out I need to watch those I, I'm I'm so sick of YouTube's negative ass reviews they do a good job because they're pretty funny about it it's not like they're just trashing the movie they they uh. Yeah, at first it was a lot of tra- like trash talking, and then as of most recently, it's a lot of just like like you're kind of you're kind of memeing the movie. Yeah, just a lot of like bits, just to make jokes. Mm-hmm. It's it's funny. Yeah. Uh, shout out to CinemaSins. <laughs> <laughs> to all of our people not sponsoring us today, CinemaSins. I hate your channel. Wow. Oh, God, no. um, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is, so I feel like I can say I hate it. So, but. First you're basically, viewing. you're judging a book by its cover. You're so no, I basic. Watched, I watched a few of their videos. You're judging the YouTube video I, by its thumbnail. Yeah. At least it's not a spoiler. Rich. Speaking of spoilers, Han Solo! <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um, I still haven't seen the movie. I know, that's what I was saying. Okay. Alright, so just to review real quick, finish off this fight before we go into why CinemaSin sucks or why Solo's a spoiler. <laughs> oh my god. We, upon first viewing Fight Club, I watched it like 13 years old. I gave it a, a 5. Because uh-huh. I knew that there was potential with it, the, the some scenes that I did see, but I just didn't understand it. Mm-hmm. I think, upon further review, it's about an 8.6. I won't even put it up in the 9s, just because it's not a fun movie for me, and that takes away a lot of points. I even think 8.6 might be a little high. I might be getting hyped up by you. Thanks. I don't know. I, I think it's it's a good movie, but it's just not fun to watch, in my opinion. I mean, what can I say to that? Nothing, because it's not fun. You know it's not fun. It, it, I don't watch a movie just to feel one kind of emotion, you know? Like I do. Well, no, it's like it's 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 art, you know? And like, there's gonna be different type of art that makes you feel different type of way, and that's the that's the thing it is. But it's pretty fair for you to say, okay, I don't like how this makes me feel, so I'm just gonna let it let it, you know, not make me feel like that, I guess. But I think it just makes you weird i think the way that we can say it is like when uh the hangover came out i knew a lot of people who watched the hangover every single night oh my before God. they went to bed just because it's just it's dumb humor you can put it on and fall asleep no worries yeah i would never put on fight club and be like i'm gonna fall asleep in 20 minutes because i know i'm gonna be glued to the screen and just be like oh my god what's gonna happen the thing about me i won't watch a movie to fall asleep yeah i fall asleep on movies because they're boring but if I want to watch a movie, it's because I want to watch it from finish to end. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, really. Why would I watch a movie just half? I love half? putting on background noise. I think I think that's what I do with YouTube. That's not the point. Oh, uh, all right, I got you. Um, the know. the the joke or not the joke, but the point was that Hangover is a much easier movie to watch. It's just fun. It's it's harmless humor. Mm-hmm. Depending on who's watching, I guess. But Fight Club is so emotionally involving. It just takes a lot more energy to watch. That's the main okay. gist of it. So, your pick on who's the who's going to advance to round two? I think it's pretty uh, pretty solid that I'm going with Fight Club. Okay, Fight Club for you? Yeah. Um, and your winner. 
<laughs> okay. <Club>. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I gave it a 5.0 the first time, 8.6 the second time. Uh, split was 7.7 7 to 8.3, so slightly less. I think I rated Flight Club so high because I rated Split an 8.3, and I think I might drop both those numbers down a little mm. bit after further. So you review. probably over. I ho overhyped Split, but I knew I liked Fight Club. Fight Club better, so, so I just gave it a two. higher. Okay. Yeah. So I think I need a lower split, like an 8.1, 8.0, yeah, 8.0, and then Fight Club. I'm gonna lower like an 8.3, just so we have the ratings. All right. Can I, why are you holding it like that? Can I hold it? Yeah. What it's, is? It's the next fight. Oh, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Oh, I'm so excited. If he handed it to me, why did you get to see it first? <laughs> Say it. And for our next matchup, Cabin in the Woods versus Zombieland. Oh, my God. See you God. next week. Yay. We love you, CinemaSins. No one loves CinemaSins. <laughs> Everybody loves CinemaSins. That's such a great fight. I'm so excited for that. This is literally the opposite of Fight Club versus Split. Two harmless comedies that I'm going to love forever. Two horror comedies. I mean, I like Zombieland. But Cabin in the Woods? Ah. Oh, it's no. like cancer, bro. What? That's it's all I'm saying. It's like cancer, bro. bro. <laughs> that was so aggressive. Francisco, 2018. <laughs> <laughs> Quit in his yearbook. Yeah. Cancer, bro. <laughs> so nothing but nonsense from here forward. Um, I'll do a non-spoiler review for Solo. Fun movie. Super fun. Um... Acting was better than I expected from everybody. I think, actually, of all the characters I was excited for, with Woody Harrelson and Donald Glover, I was actually disappointed with Donald Glover's character a little bit. No. I know a lot of people love it, but for me, it was just like he was trying to play like a caricature of Lando, and he wasn't trying to make it his own. Um, there was a few shocking moments in the movie, but overall, just it's, a, it's just a ride. I already got a spoiler. There's a lot of spoilers to it, but it, it's nothing you won't see coming. The movie's not being I, well, trying to make a secret of it. Well, one of the cameos I, I never yeah. saw coming. So. Do you know who the cameo is? No. Okay, I won't say it. But YouTube ruined it for me. YouTube literally put in the search bar what the spoiler was. Yeah, so I was on YouTube just trying to put on music, and it goes, do 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 spoiler. I'm like, that's not even... That's yeah. I mean, you can talk about it. I don't think I'm... I'm no. So into no, I don't want to talk about it. It's just been out for a couple weeks. I know nobody's really going to see it who hasn't seen it already. Um, but overall, it was fun. I mean, it's... To me, I'll, I watch any Star Wars. So mm -hmm. it just seemed like a, a good episode of one of the TV shows to me. It wasn't movie fantastic quality. But it wasn't polarizing. Nobody's going to hate it and love it kind of thing the way that previous Star Wars movies were. So at least we can keep moving forward with the Star Wars universe. Mm -hmm. What about that Boba Fett movie? Um, I think I'm, I'm... Let you go first. It sounds like a better movie than Han Solo, in my eyes. I mean, because it's, it's a... We kind of got an or origin story from Attack of the Clones. Yeah. Oh, okay, then I didn't see the... I, I didn't see that. You didn't uh, see the Attack of the Clones movie? No. What the wait, fuck? Wait, 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 wait. The one where... No, where, I was thinking of the, the Netflix original thing. Uh, not Clone Wars. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking of. No, the Clone Wars movie was the one where Obi-Wan Kenobi goes to that water. Like, yeah, okay, planet, and like they have all the... And he meets Jango Fett there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I've seen that. Um, but I still want to see, like, what he did, you know? He's a bounty hunter, so that's... You and know, my like, problem with that is the Clone Wars TV show does that for you. Does it? I swear to God, it shows young Boba Fett, like, rising in the... like. How the sick is that show? It actually, what's fucked up is my, my stepson asked me yesterday in the car. He goes, "What's your favorite Star Wars to watch? Original trilogy, prequels, or the Clone Wars show?" Mm -hmm. And I literally had to think whether or not it was the Clone Wars show or the original trilogy, because it, it's so expansive. Okay. Take it with a grain of salt. There's a lot of fucking filler episodes in there because it's made for like, nine-year-old kids. Naruto's like that. Yeah, exactly. Times, they times ran, ten. They have their random episodes where just characters you don't care about. You can honestly skip them. They mm -hmm. tell you what the story is in the prologue. Yeah. If it's a story about, like, the troopers on some sort of secret mission, you know it has no, like, real mm -hmm. yeah, impact. I'm just I like, yeah, we'll move on. But there's the Darth Maul return in the Clone Wars TV show. There's a bunch of Mandalorian history and lore where they explain, like, the first ever Mandalorian Jedi character. Mm -hmm. Super cool stuff. Super nerdy. I know it's getting everybody sleeping at the wheel, but... No, no, no. It, I'm, I'm, it's, really fun. it's really fun to watch. Because the thing is, if there's all these fucking Star Wars that are going to be like films for the next 20 years 
you know, help. might as well just watch some other stuff there is, just like find out a little bit more right. about. You I know? see what you mean. I think because I think Clone Wars is super relatable too because it's it's showing the story of Anakin growing. Mm-hmm. So it's basically like the filler between Episode Two and Episode Three, Revenge of the Sith. It's all the stuff that happened in between there, so it explains what happens to him. Maybe and what changes him so much. Right. Um, it shows that he gets the apprentice and what he does with her. So it's just really cool to, to watch. I'll check it out. For and sure. there's characters who you're going to hate at first and then you love them at the end. It's really weird. Oh, it's like Game of Thrones. Nice. Exactly. Cool. Exactly. So, just real quickly, how awesome was Avengers Infinity War? Oh, we're going to We're on full spoilers it. now. We've talked about it. Before. With spoilers? We didn't keep it. No, we didn't. I mean, yeah, it was amazing. It's the best one. I don't know about that. I like Infinity War, but uh, I was watching Black Panther after, and I was like, I think I like Black Panther more. And Black and- Panther lost to Deadpool. <laughs> that was all you guys. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I like, I loved Infinity War. Should that be its own episode? No, it's been talked about a hundred times. I don't think. Not by it. us. We love it. <laughs> it was What's your favorite moment from Infinity War? Thor. Yeah. Thor coming to a Wakanda. When, when he when he when he gets his Stormbreaker and he shows up and he just Or even I think the interactions with everybody during that little war scene. Because you saw Rocket interact with Winter Soldier. That was the best. You saw Captain America interact with Yeah, Bruce. that's actually pretty good. You saw um Widow um Widow interact with Scarlet and uh, the Black Panther, the lady from Black Panther. Uh, Plays Michonne in The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't watch Walking Dead. Yeah, I stopped watching it as well. Yeah. But Her yeah, name is like Okoye. Okoye. Yeah. Yeah. But the, yeah, the whole scene when they ever like all these superheroes were finally interacting with each other was great. Yeah. I just think it was too late in the movie to have for that moment because I really wanted to see Thor like on Earth a long time before that, not just for the big battle. Because I wanted him to see, I wanted to see interactions with everybody, mm-hmm. not just a couple people. Um, I didn't really love the Scarlet Witch and, and Vision stuff at all. That's kind of yeah, it was, it was yeah, it was especially with the age difference. It's just so weird. He's two years old. She's yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. I also don't know. I feel like her character is getting really like weird twists where she doesn't have a Russian accent anymore. My my girlfriend mentioned that um, we were in the theater and she's like, "Where's her accent?" And I'm like, "I don't know. I didn't even notice she didn't have the accent um, until she noticed the, until she noticed it." The, the directors made a good point though. They said that the reason why her accent is going away is because Widow is training her to be a spy, so she's learning how to use different accents. That's what they said. That's what that was. That Take was the reason. a fucking <laughs> lap. God damn that it! That is not an example. God not if you damn don't explain it. it in the movie. That was their reasoning. Okay, explain how she's on a runaway with Vision, hasn't been in contact with anybody, but she's still practicing a white girl accent. Thanks, directors, for explaining that one. Uh, yeah. Jesus. I mean, I now like, I, I kind of wish I didn't such know shit. that. Yeah. <laughs> that was such shit. That was the worst explanation I've ever heard. <laughs> So well, what happened was... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Girl, babe, this is what happened. It's like explaining that the, that one little kid who had the Iron Man mask in Iron Man 3 was Peter Parker. Right. Like, no, it, it wasn't. Yeah, no, like, you're just oh, trying to put... out of here. Yeah. So dumb. <laughs> you hear the little kid from Iron Man 3 is going to be in Infinity War Part 2? Oh, the one... No, the kid from Kansas? I swear, I heard... I saw, I saw it somewhere. The one that kept uh I don't want him in it either. I'm just saying. <laughs> I remember, uh, like, yeah, I remember the kid. I just don't want to remember the movie. <laughs> that movie's not bad. Eh. It just it was good until the Mandarin. Yes. It was good until the Mandarin. Because then at that point you're Especially expecting a big the, fight and then you never get that fight. Do you guys remember the trailers for that movie? They were yeah. so fucking good. They yes. Were, they were so fucking good. It was scary. Yeah, it was so scary. I thought Iron Man was gonna die, y'all. Oh my god! And it's because like it was like around with like was it like ISIS and all that shit Dude, happening? We should yeah. do old so movie like, reviews, old movie trailer reviews. Oh, trailer reviews. That'd, that'd be, be, be kind of cool. For because I just watched the trailer for uh, Never Mind. Continue. I don't remember where I'm going. So no, I was gonna say I just watched the trailer for Revenge of the Sith again from Star Wars. 
Oh, and wow. the trailer gives every single beat away, as if you didn't already know that he's Vader at the end. They literally show Vader in the trailer. Oh, like, uh, what was it? Oh, yeah, they did. I do remember that. But there's the movie The Grey with um, yeah. Liam Neeson. The last shot of the trailer is, is the last shot in the movie. Of the fucking movie. Yeah. Which is even, like... The only other one that's been that bad lately is the uh, that movie Adrift. The one with, uh, I want to say Shailene Woodley, right? Yeah. And that, and that like, typical-ass white dude. From, uh, it's actually a... I think it's the dude from Fifty Shades of Grey. No, it's not. Get the fuck out of here. It's the dude from... Uh, <laughs> okay. It's not, dude. It's the dude from uh, Hunger Games. He's so aggressive. He plays, uh, like, Fincher or something in uh, Hunger Games. He was in, like, part two. Yeah, I'm just looking at the guy. It's definitely not the fucking Fifty Shades dude, though. Why not? Why don't you want to be him? Well, that dude isn't the guy. That's how I know it's not him. <laughs> yeah, dude isn't. It's not even close. Yeah. Hashtag racist against white guys. You think they all look the same? His name, his name is oh, uh, Sam Cliff. Kind of. Clifflin? Sam Clifflin. What a white guy name. Um, yeah, Pirates of the Caribbean, Snow White's and the Huntsman, Hunger Games, Catching Fire, The Quiet Ones, Right Club, Low All the other two Hunger Games. That's it. Yeah, he dies in, in the th- in the last book. Oh, great. Spoiler Nice. Because you were going to go out and watch Hunger Games tomorrow, right? I still haven't seen the last two movies. Yeah. What? Don't watch them. <laughs> I, I watch. saw them in the theater. They have part two on fucking Hulu. They have part one on Netflix, I think. Oh. Huh. Split them up. <laughs> right? Just get a subscription for every month. Dude. Alright, is that it? Is that I think we're it? good. 